Hello, this is Colonel Retired Jack Moser from Mainly Matters discussing military and veterans affairs. Today we have Joe Cresta, New England Regional Coordinator for Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing. Hi Joe, how are you doing today? Hi, Jack. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to have you on the phone. You're a good friend, and uh, we're in the program together. So it's really exciting that we're going to be able to talk about this particular organization as part of a series of all these veteran service organizations that are currently in Maine uh, doing God's work for our veterans community. So what can you tell us about Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing? Uh, To start with, it was started in 2004 by uh, retired Captain Ed Nicholson down at the Walter Reed Medical Center. And it's grown from there to over 225 programs across the United States. Uh, we have 17 programs in New England with three more on the pipeline. It's incredible, and really. I like, to, I, like to, I like to think that New England's leading the way, of course, but I think it's in, impor- incredibly important when we talk about our founder, God bless him, and the fact that this began at Walter Reed for a reason. Correct. He saw the uh, benefits of teaching other disabled veterans the art of fly fishing. And it's not just fly fishing, it's fly tying, casting. Yes, it's grown to include fly tying, fly casting, rod building, yeah, several several different activities, outings, it, it five, is, core, five core functions we've, we do now. It is pretty amazing. I think one of the best parts about the program is not just like a, a one participation sort of you know program. You build relationships in this program. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's how we're different from a lot of the other programs that serve veterans. Is Ours is ongoing. It's not just a one-time fishing trip or a one-time hunting trip. We meet at least once a month. A lot of programs meet every other week. It just depends on the program. So it, it builds that camaraderie back that a lot of the guys miss from the military. And, you yeah. know, people become lifelong friends from it. From it. Absolutely. I've, I've, I've experienced that in my face, my, myself, with, with my own uh, programs out here. I mean, and you, and you, you talk about the, the numbers just in New England, but that long-term relationship for our veterans is really important. You know, they miss a lot of this when they leave the military and to be able to look forward to seeing your friends. It's a multi-generational program too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Open to anybody who has a disability rating from World War II to current day global war on terror guys i mean do you have world war ii veterans still participating uh i think there's one in brockton i'm not 100 percent sure i know there's a few korea guys a bunch of vietnam vet guys and uh a lot of post 19 uh, 1980 and post 9-11 guys and of course it's for any service too you're a former marine a marine i'm an army guy so you have guys sitting around the table tying flies you know, making fun of the Air Force guys as usual. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, a, it's a great for the social aspect of a lot of veterans who do suffer once they leave the military. Being injured, they sometimes become recluses at, at home, don't get out much. This really involves that social part of it. And you talk about outings. What, do you, what are you talking about when you, when you discuss outings? So depending on the region or the program, you know, and what they have available to them locally, uh, it'll be just a, a day trip to a local pond, a local river, if the program is near the ocean. It'll be a day trip for some saltwater fishing up in Maine. Depending where which program in Maine, it could be in the you know the uh, rivers of Rangeley or down on the south coast fishing saltwater. Beautiful, York, yeah. Of course, you know the Casco Bay, Kennebec, Damascotta, yeah. Sheep Scott. Can't go wrong in Maine. Plus, we have all those beautiful trout ponds, don't we? Right, exactly. Yeah, Maine kind of has the best of both worlds, it's fresh and saltwise. That that's really true. It, it is for sure. I mean, we 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 get a made up here. We see a lot of these programs, Joe, in Maine right now. We're seeing a great proliferation of these veteran service organizations that target Maine specifically for outdoor recreation. We see uh, you know, the House in the Woods. 
We see the Travis Mills Foundation, Gold Star Outfitters is up here, of course. But I think it's really important to highlight Project Healing Waters because it has those five core functions that are so important to veterans' recovery. Agreed. Well, people are starting to realize the rehabilitation uh, aspect of being outside, whether it's you know hiking, fishing, hunting, just the uh, the woods heal, so to speak, and it, so does the water. It, the water in particular, I think it's great that the, the name, it says it all, Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing. And by tying flies, I can speak from experience that you're talking about, you know, really true fine motor skill development, focused attention, anger management, and then you're doing this in a social, relaxed, instructive environment. Yeah, and I've heard that same feedback from uh, several participants how it makes their mind, especially if they have a cognitive function where it just makes their mind focus on that specific task and it helps them fine tune their motor skills if they have a injury that relates to their limbs. It's truly therapeutic. And I can speak again from experience on that. I had suffered uh, a stroke and then another type of a brain injury coming out of that. And it was really, it was really difficult for me, Joe, to, to, to take that first step to go up to Bangor, my first program attendance, you know, and, uh, and, and really humbled myself to walk through the door. I was <laughs> incredibly nervous. Yeah, and the guys yeah. may, welcomed me in, sat me down. It was Dean that sat with me originally. We tied a, a Mickey Finn, which I had done, you know, throughout my childhood. My father was a main guide, still is, fly fishing guide. But I hadn't done it in so long, and I hadn't done it since my injury. So I was really nervous about the left side deficit that I was experiencing in my left hand, who was so patient and just going step for step for step. And we have a lot of special devices and tools too that allow people with deficits to participate. Is that correct? Yeah, we have several uh, fly tying tools and fly casting tools that allow someone who, who may be missing a limb or has uh, less use of a limb to help them do uh, the fly tying correctly. There's a, a one-handed fly tying tool called the Evergreen Hand. That's really, uh, that's pretty impressive. The gentleman that owns it is very good to us. It's, it's pretty amazing that literally sometimes it's hard to tie flies with two hands, let alone with one hand. But I'm looking at your website right now and I see people that have suffered amputations in full participation at the water's edge, at a vice tying flies. And I'm looking at projecthealingwaters.org right now, which is a really good interactive website that talks about how to get in touch with local programs, the whole mission of the organization, how to support the organization. It's a really good website. Yeah, Dan has put a lot of time and effort into that. It's, it's, it's probably one of the best websites out there to, to uh, search through to it, find stuff. It is. It's really intuitive. It's easy to navigate, really. I mean, I'm just looking right now at the Programs tab. And it's and it's literally locations, instant map of the United States, Alaska. I mean, it's practically the whole world yeah, you on just there. Click on your region, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you just click on the region. It's like boom, it laser right out there for you. What are the requirements? Does it cost any money to participate? No, everything is uh, provided to the participant for free. Uh, the only thing we don't provide is transportation to the event or the uh, meeting. I see. So basically, they really truly just have to make the commitment to show up. Just to show up, yeah. And uh, you know, the story you mentioned about having anxiety about showing up, I've heard several times, but everyone has said, you know, I was hesitant, and then once I showed up, I couldn't stop coming back. Oh, it's true. You really do get to look forward to it. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's just great guys, good sense of humor, relaxed environment. I mean, it's literally no pressure at all. And it's just I, as soon as I had attended that very first meeting, 
I really looked forward to the next opportunity. And then, like many of the former participants, went on to be a program leader as well. Yep. We had a, an outing a couple of years ago here in Massachusetts where two gentlemen who hadn't seen each other since the Vietnam War just miraculously reconnected at this outing. And neither one of them had seen each other in no, 40 years, 40 plus that's years. That's incredible. I mean, that's that's just like this stuff of stories. And, and that happens in the veterans community because it is really, at the end of the day, a fairly small community. You know, Maine has 105 plus thousand veterans in this little tiny state. We, we have one of the highest per capita populations of veterans of anywhere in the country. I believe it. And that's why I mean, the programs that we have here, if you go to the website, you can see where they're listed. But it's been said, and our, our, our CEO, who's also a Maine boy, Todd DeGrosier, of course, from Auburn, not from Lewiston. His father would kill me if I said he's from Lewiston. <laughs> he's from uh, Auburn. But he, he's, he's, you know, when he speaks, and he speaks a lot on our behalf, he says over and over again, the quote, this program saved my life. And that's true for so many participants out there. Yeah, not just participants, volunteers too. Um, my father passed last March unexpectedly. And uh, if it hadn't been for the Project Human Waters guys checking in on me, I, don't, I really don't know how I would have made it through. I remember that, Joe. That was tough times. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. That, uh, and, uh, and it, that was, it was always those guys. It was always the Project Human Waters guys, girls that made it a point to check in as opposed to. Oh, it is it is a community basically strangers so to speak but not strangers but no not at all i mean they have the yeah. common experience of having been veterans together so we always talk about the same things whether you're in the marine corps the army the navy the air force or or any or any, any of the services we always talk about the same things you know because it's a common experience in a multi-generational group right, exactly. of people so it is truly um uh, you, you're walking into a room full of friends as soon as you walk through the door they might be a little bit older than you or younger than you and i really would like to see more of our our younger vet veterans come out and you know we have we have a i'm not sure what the average age right now of, of our participants is but i think it just depends on the program yeah for sure that's true some are younger some are older uh that that when i first joined this organization that was kind of my goal was to try to not have the meeting at the actual VA because some people might be turned off by that and to try to do it at a, a vet center or a local fishing club or, you know, uh, Knights of Columbus or something like that. I know Togus has some of their programs at the truck stop off of 95 sometimes on Sundays. And I think just being in that a different environment where it doesn't feel like you're in a hospital That's is true. An, easier, an easier sell to the younger guys. That's true. A lot of them, you know, for a variety of reasons, don't necessarily like to go to the VA. It's not a dig on the VA or anything, but they're just more comfortable being in a non-hospital, non-clinical environment. Right, and that's exactly. why it, it really it, it, it is really good in that way as far as user friendliness goes. I mean, for sure. Yeah. And we've had success with that down here in Massachusetts and in Maine. We had the Sanford programs at the Vet Center. We get a good turnout for that. That's right. And we practice our fly casting with Sabrina, you know, one of our, one of our great pro program leads at the uh, Augusta Armory. It's a huge, huge yeah, hall, yeah. you know, so you can only cast as much as you want there indoors. That's right, an example yeah. of a non, you know, and it is, of course, a military environment, which most of us are pretty comfortable in. <laughs> yeah, it's just not that hospital atmosphere, yeah. No, for sure. As for, I mean, how has the program done over the past year with the COVID restrictions that we've all been forced to uh, to contend with? We actually did pretty well. The uh, virtual broad building and virtual fly tying kept us going. We still managed over 260,000 volunteer hours in 2020. 
260,000 during yep. COVID? Yeah. That's a success uh, everyone, story. Right everyone there. did a great job of, you know, either having a weekly call, a weekly uh, Zoom call, a weekly text. It was, they always stayed in touch, whether it was through fly tying, rod building, or just a phone call. That's really important. So that really was important. huge for a lot of people. And I, I've heard from several people that, you know, that's what kept them going when, you know, the world was otherwise closed. Yeah, it was, you know, that's, that's, again, that sense of social isolation is so dangerous for our veterans community when they get isolated and cut off. And a lot of the VSOs out there, veteran service organizations, for, again, a variety of reasons, were forced to completely close, shut down, no operations. And that's that's really difficult when you're trying to maintain that uh, that social network and the yep. relationships that Project Healing Waters is is so famous for. Yeah, we uh, we had a we had a lot of good luck with the virtual stuff. That's what kept us going. Everybody was on board with it, and we still managed to still managed to kick ass, so to speak. <laughs> well, I have no question limited, about that. Limited uh, capabilities. No, for sure. I mean, you you, you got to make it happen for sure. What what do you see as as we slowly start to pull out of this COVID and those restrictions are starting to be lifted? What's what's next for this coming year for Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing? Uh, so we're going to enter into phase two of our re-engagement plan starting in April. That'll allow for one-on-one -on -one, uh, participant volunteer outings. And then the plan... Uh, Shortly after that is to go to phase three, which will allow us to do up to groups of 10. And then we'll just kind of have to wait and see with how COVID and the vaccinations and all that pans out for the rest of the year. Our goal is to get to phase four, which would be indoor activities by the winter. That's basically operations is normal. Phase four would fall into that category. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, phase five, which is most likely next year, would be uh, the return of the overnight trips. Yeah, so those are so important because the outings really are a really important part of that of that whole the whole program. Yeah, we'll just need to work on logistics and how to make sure that we can do that safely. Yeah, because you know, of course, safety is the number one consideration for all of the participants. Yeah, we'll still be following all CDC guidelines during the one-on-one -on -one stuff. Uh, you know, face masks, hand sanitizer, six feet, social distancing, stuff we the stuff we've kind of grown accustomed to now over the last year. Well, for sure, I know it's, it's been really something. I mean, I know that we're very eager to get back in 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 our operations. The Travis Mills Foundation, who uh, who we have a great partnership with, as as you're very very much aware of, yep. and and they're they're working really hard. As is House in the Woods and a number of other of the main uh, VSOs up here to get get the veterans back outside again and into their natural environment, their natural healing environment that we talked about in outdoor uh, recreation adventures. So I, I really like the way uh, our, our, our leader, Todd DeGrosier, has, has done such a good job in terms of, uh, of planning that operational, you know, incremental opening again, leading safely toward normalized operations. Yeah, they put together a group of uh, uh, headquarters employees and volunteers, uh, participants, or uh, volunteers rather, uh, to come up with that re-engagement plan and the five phases that would be necessary to... It, it's good. It, it's a model for any organization. I mean, really, it's a strategic planning. Um, yeah, they definitely standard. took their time. It's, it's well thought out, no question. Yeah, it's, it's really well done. And it's, it's reasonable and it's flexible, the fact that if, if the conditions change, they can always modify it as they go. Right, exactly. And that was, that was the goal they wanted to have. Oh, it's, it's really great. I mean, uh, like I said, Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing was really the the crown jewel of my series here that we'll be doing on these veteran service organizations. So I'm really thankful to start 
Start with you, Joe. You know, the regional coordinator for New England. How many regions are there? I believe there's 21 off the top of my head. So, sorry to start to throw a, a data question at you, but I'm looking at the I'm looking at the map right now, and it's just amazing the 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 again the the uh, network nationally of, of these programs. If you, if you want to take a look at the website, it's projecthealingwaters.org, and it, and it's got everything on there: the mission, the programs, the requirements. And you say that a person needs to be a vis- a disabled veteran to participate. Oh uh, yes, they just need a do they just need a disability rating, whether it's zero to a hundred. Yeah, and that's uh, or if they have a or if they're in the process of it, they can have a note from their VA doctor. Okay, okay, I see. Good. A so, prescri- uh, prescription, as you will. Yeah, prescription. I get. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good way to describe it for sure. Okay. Well, Joe, Except thanks. I stole that. I stole that line from Todd. That's one of his things. No, <laughs> I steal a lot of lines from Todd. He's got a lot of them. Um, really good ones. Really good. Yeah. I can't wait to see him again in a few weeks when he comes back to Maine for his his son's graduation. It's going to be great to see him. Well, well, Joe, thanks so much for spending time on this day with us um, to talk about Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing and getting our series started on a, with a bang here. And I really wish you as our New England coordinator and all the other regional coordinators out there a successful opening. And I encourage anybody out there in the great state of Maine who's a disabled veteran to go to the website www.projecthealingwaters.org and check it out. Find yourself a program, take a deep breath, call, and show up. You're going to be glad you did. I promise that. It's an incredible program. It's a lot of fun with a great bunch of guys and girls out there. And uh, you'll you'll never be sorry for having, having attended. It's a really, really fun thing to do and it's good for you at the end of the day. Yeah, so- we have five programs in Maine now. Bangor, Travis Mills, Auburn, Togus, and Augusta, and Sanford. That's incredible. It covers pretty much the whole state, except for the far northern portion. But Bang- except for that, yeah. Yeah, but Bangor, you can get down to Bangor right down 95. I used to live in Caribou. You can get down there in a couple hours. It's good. Very good. Yeah, it's an easy ride. I, I did my moose hunt up there in Westmanland, So. Oh, yeah. Moose hunt. That's, that's another, that's another topic. We could spend another hour on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Joe, have a great day, and thank you so much for your time, okay? Thank you, Jack. Thank you for having me. Okay, we'll talk soon, okay? All right. Sounds good. Okay, okay. this is been Jack Mosier, Colonel Retired for Mainly Matters, Military, and Veterans Affairs. On our next program, we're going to be talking to Jim Batchelor of Maine Veterans in Need. And I love this organization. Jim's a really interesting cat to talk to. Anyway, very passionate man. And uh, when we talk about Maine Veterans in Need, we're going to be talking about um, really the last safety net for our Maine veterans. So we'll be getting to that as, uh, as soon as we can for our next program. Until then, take care of yourselves and uh, take care of each other out here. <laughs>